welcome you back to our series, The Sounds of Christmas. And uh, today, I think we're going to hit one that probably uh, all of us could use. If you want to take your sermon outline out and track along with me, I want to look at a, an Old Testament prophecy of the coming of Jesus for his birth that is, is one that just gives us great hope uh, in our lives. From Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, would you read it out loud with me, please? For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's say that last name again out loud, Prince of Peace. How many of you uh, aren't afraid to confess that you could use a little more peace in your life. Can I see your hands? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting when I was working on this series and I was thinking about this particular aspect of the promises of God. I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I don't know a single person who doesn't need more peace in their lives. Um, we live in a world of chaos, don't we? Uh, it's interesting. I was reading, there was a, an article that was written by a guy who was a historian from a few years back, and he was talking about our world at war. And he said, uh, recorded history began about 3600 BC. And so we've had, what would that make it now? About uh, close to 6,000 years of recorded history that we had. And in his observation, in the nearly 6,000, thousand years of recorded history, there had only been about 260 years without wars. Think about that. 6,000 years and yet only 260 years where there wasn't a war going on somewhere. Um, in fact, he said in, in the records that they know of, over 14,000 wars that have been recorded through history. It was, just, it was just an amazing, amazing thing. But can we be honest? It's not just about the chaos in the world out there. It's also the chaos that we have in, in our own lives. How many of you got some chaos going on? Yeah, it just seems to it just seems to be everywhere. It's so funny. This last week, I had the privilege of uh, traveling to Ohio to speak at a, a special service that they do each year um, before Christmas. It's called a Blue Christmas Service, and it's a service that's specifically designed to bring hope and healing to people for whom the holidays are hard, people who are going through a difficult time, <clears throat> people who have had losses in their life. And it's really a special service for this church. And um, I, I flew out on Tuesday, but on Monday, the, the pastor, who's a, a good friend of mine that I mentor, gave me a call and we were talking about the details for the trip. And he said, hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, I've been sick for the last three days. He said, I've had a stomach bug. He said, I'm better today. He said, but I always stay with them when I go. And he said, but if you, if you'd rather get a hotel rather than stay here at the house with me and maybe something I'm giving to my kids, I'd be happy to get you a hotel. And I said, I love you, dude. Get me a hotel. <laughs> I, I said, I, the last two times, I said, the last two times I've traveled and spoke, I've come home sick. I said, the last time I came home, I ended up with walking pneumonia. So I'm staying as far away from the germs as I can. And, and it went great. I had a, had a great trip. The service went fantastic, and God showed up in a big way. It was really a marvelous, marvelous time. But I get back on Thursday, and my oldest son and his family uh, went to Colorado, except they left their grandson, my grandson Maddox, they left him with us to keep for the weekend, which is cool. 
school. Um, but yesterday we wake up and Maddox gets violently ill, sick as a dog all day long. And I'm going, really? <laughs> I mean, I go out of my way to avoid all of this and it just, just shows up. I can't, I can't put my, well, I could put my grandson in a hotel. I guess that's actually a really good idea. No, no I won't do that. But, but it, was, it was like, you know, no matter where you go, the chaos is there. Now, here, here's the deal. When we think about God bringing peace, when we think about Jesus being the Prince of Peace and the peace we want him to bring to our world, if, if we're honest, what we want is for God to bring peace to the chaos around us. We want him to do something to make all this noise stop, to make all these problems stop, uh, to make all this conflict stop. You gotta get this. But the peace that God really wants to bring to our lives is not settling the chaos out there. It's bringing peace in here. Does that make sense to you? Now, that's what I want you to grab hold of today. Because if you've got peace in here, it doesn't really matter what's going on out there. This is the way Jesus said it. John 16, 33, it's on your outline. Read it with me, church. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I want you to get this. Jesus said, I promise you this. As long as you're on planet earth, you're gonna have trials and sorrows. You're gonna have conflict. You're gonna have chaos. But don't worry about all that. I've overcome that. Think this thought with me. If we could really grab hold of the peace that God has for us in here, these things wouldn't be nearly so bad. So Pastor Steve, how do we do that? Boy, I'm so glad you guys asked that. I want, you, I want, I want to walk you through a few thoughts today. And I promise you, for every single one of you in this room and everybody watching online, one of these for sure is going to hit you. Are you ready? Here we go. How do we really embrace that peace that God wants to give us? Here's the first one. It's a biggie. Make sure, first of all, that your soul is clear with God. Make sure, first of all, that your soul is clear with God. In the Old Testament, there's a great story of one of the patriarchs named Jacob who wrestled with God all night. Now, come on, it's just us. It's church. It's Sunday morning. Great place to confess. How many of you would be honest enough to admit you wrestle with God from time to time? Yeah. How's that working out for you? <laughs> you know, God doesn't lose many of those matches. Have you discovered that? And, and we, we, we wrestle with God and we wonder why our heart's not at peace. Why, I put this on your outline. I wrote this in my notes. I thought you guys got to have this. You can't have peace in your heart if you and God are at war. You can't have. For some of us, you know, God's been speaking to us. You know, we've never really let God in. We've never committed our life to him. And we keep hearing his voice. And we, we keep holding God at arm's distance. And we keep trying to avoid him. Look at me. I love you. But you're never going to have peace until you let the prince of peace all the way in. 
just never going to happen. And even after you've committed your life to Christ, there, there, is a, uh, there is an obedience factor that has to come to place. If you're constantly pushing back, and even though you say God is your Lord, but you want to rule your own life, it's not going to work out very well for you, and you're still not going to have that peace. I, I love this quote I saw this last week. Throw that up on the screen. It says, if there is righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. If there is beauty in the character, there will be harmony in the home. If there is harmony in the home, then there will be order in the nations. And when there is order in the nations, there will be peace in the world. <laughs> Gets to peace in the world, but where does it all start? What's the first one say? There will be what? If there is righteousness in the heart. Look at me. When we talk about really living our lives in peace, it all begins with Jesus Christ truly being the Lord of our lives. Why don't you look at the passage of Scripture, Psalm 29, 11. Read it with me, church. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Where does the blessing of peace comes from? It comes from God, so we can't have peace if we're pushing him away. This one hurts a little bit. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-one. read it with me. Submit to God and you will have peace. Then things will go well for you. How many, how many of you remember the great days of the Dallas Cowboys with Roger Stallback and Tom Landry? How many of you, anybody old enough like me to remember those days? Yeah, Roger Stallback was a, a fantastic quarterback but he said, he, he, he confessed, he said, you know, when I got drafted by, by the Dallas Cowboys, he goes, Tom Landry had a, a system that was just foreign to me. He said, Tom Landry called in every single play that we ran. And he said, I was a really good quarterback. And he said, I was used to calling the plays myself. He said, do you know how annoying it is to, to know that you've got the capability of being the general on the field and have a coach, you know, kind of hand feed you every play. He said, I pushed back and kicked back. And he said, Tom Landry made it clear I was not to change the plays unless it was, it was a dire situation. And he said, I better be able to prove it. And he said, I fought with him. He said, I just fought with him over and over again about who's going to be in control of this team. He said, finally, I realized I'm not going to win this he said finally I became obedient to my coach and here's what he said I love this he said and when I learned to obey there was harmony there was peace and there was victory I just want you to grab that because it's the same way in our relationship with God as long as we fight with God over who's going to be Lord of our lives there will be no Peace. Pastor Steve, when, when do we really have it? When our hearts are clear with God. Let me give you a second one. This will help some of you. Peace comes when we learn to saturate our souls with God's word. You want peace? Saturate your soul with God's word. You know, a couple of weeks ago in a message, I talked about the fact that whatever gets your mind gets you. 
And, and what happens for us, for so many of us, is when we get into problems, when we get into chaos, when we're dealing with difficult people, our, our minds get consumed with the problems and the issues and the people. And because our minds are so focused on all of the darkness, we're not really hearing what God is trying to say or, or, or saturating ourselves with the things that God wants to do. If you really want peace, we need to figure out a way to just routinely get God's word saturating our hearts and minds so we're not always focused on the darkness. I love this, Isaiah 26.3. Read it with me, church. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. How do you fix your thoughts on God? You do it through his word. Look at me. You got to hear this. God loved us so much. He gave us this entire book of promises that we could claim and we could live by. I love Psalm 119. I love Psalm 119, 165. Look what it says. Read it with me. Those who love your teachings will find true peace. Nothing will defeat them. I was reading a testimony from a, a missionary. It was a gal um, who wrote it anonymously, used the name Pippin as a, as a pseudonym to write with. Uh, but she, she was talking about, from time she was very young, she felt this call to be a missionary. And she had served in a, a couple of different places, but she said, my heart really uh, felt drawn to the Himalayas. And she said, I had several friends and family members and people who, who, who were really trying to discourage me. She said, the Himalayas is really a dark place. Uh, it's saturated with Buddhism. She said, it's just really a hard place to, to minister. Uh, they don't take kindly to outsiders, particularly to missionaries. She said, but I kept feeling drawn there. And uh, she said, so finally, I made the commitment and I went. And she said, we had set up this cafe in this village and we would, you know, just have people that would come in and get coffee and stuff. And she said, and we would just start having conversations with them. And we would try to bend those conversations towards spiritual things. And, and she said, it, I just found the work to be really hard. She goes, every day, she goes, I went home and I was just exhausted. And she said, and so when I, when I finally hit my knees at night, she goes, I began to just complain to God. And God, these people are so hard-headed. Lord, this place is so dark. She goes, whenever I go to the village, it was like somebody just put a blanket on me. She goes, it just, it was like suffocating. The evil was so thick. And she goes, I'm just going, you know, God, you know, you got to do something about this, Lord. And she said, I just found myself praying that way. And she said, then one day it hit me. God's already won the victory. We serve a triumphant God. And she said, I decided instead of complaining to God, maybe I ought to start claiming the promises of God. And she said, so from then on, every night I would go home and she goes, I would sit down with God's word and she goes, I would just read promise after promise and I would say it out loud and I, I would declare how God is light in the darkness and how I would declare that God is the one who can, who can reach those who are far away. How God is with me and always for me and goes in front of me and comes behind. She goes, I just started claiming all of those promises. She goes, and as I did, she said, my heart became more encouraged. And she said, and believe it or not, I think because maybe God was getting me in a better frame of mind, we were having greater success with the people in the village. What would happen for you 
If instead of every night watching the news and saturating your mind with all the junk going on out there or getting on social media and let everybody bleed all over you and, or, or, or focusing on the problems you got or laying at night ruminating over this person that you're upset with, and instead of doing all of that, what if you fixed your mind on the things of God? Just a question, but I just wonder how much better you would sleep and how much more peace you would have. Pastor Steve, where can I find those promises? Well, they're in the Bible, obviously. But I'm, let, me, let me help you. Out at the Welcome Center, I came across this last week. I just thought somebody can use this. It's 100 promises from God's word. 100 promises from God's word. So after the service, stop out at the Welcome Center, leave your credit card number, and just grab one of these and... <laughs> They're free. Just take one of them, and I I hope that you'll you'll pay attention. Let the promise of the God speak to your heart. Let me give you a third thought about peace, and this this one's going to be really hard for some of us in this room, some of us watching online, because this one's going to hit you where you're at. Don't forfeit your peace to other people. Don't forfeit your peace to other people. How many of you be honest enough to admit the reason you don't have peace is because you're surrounded by crazy people? Anybody? Yeah. I can't tell you how many nights I've gone home and told my wife, baby, I would love ministry if I just didn't have to deal with people, you know? People mess this whole thing up. If it was just me and God, we'd get this all worked out. But I gotta deal with you, you know? So that's it. But that's, but that's what happens. We, now, here's the, here's the deal, though. Think this thought with me. God gives us joy, and God gives us peace, and if our joy comes from God and our peace comes from God, why do we talk about people stealing those things from us? Now, look at me. I love you. No one can steal your joy, and no one can steal your peace. We give it away. Now, I want to give you, I want to give you a couple of challenges. Look at what Paul says in Romans 12, 18. Read it with me. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Now, let me give you a few thoughts about how do we forfeit our peace to other people. I could give you, I could do a whole seminar on this, but let me just give you three things real quick. Here's the first one. You forfeit your peace when you get petty, when we're petty. Whenever we make big deals out of little deals, that's being petty. And we get all wound up about stuff that really doesn't matter. Somebody does something and it's not really a big thing and we stew on it and we blow it up and we start giving, you know, atom bomb responses to grenade issues. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and all the time we're doing that, you know, ruminating on that or getting back at people or doing that, we're just being petty. Look at me, let it go. Just let it go. I saw, I saw a couple of examples. I, I just thought this, this is what people do. This was a, a post on social media by a, a woman who said, my wife got, my husband got mad at me and, uh, this morning, so he wanted to let me know he was angry. So this is what he did. Throw that picture up on the screen. He only made his half of the bed. <laughs> Look at me, gentlemen. Don't do that. <laughs> That's not going to work out really well for you. <laughs> I promise you. Making, you're making a bigger deal out of a little deal. Let it get, you know what? This, this husband would have had a lot more success if he would have made the whole bed and put a rose on his wife's pillow. I promise you, he, he would have went 
from pettiness to affection in a hurry. I guarantee you. There, there was another one. This was a post. A, a neighbor saw a neighbor across the road. I guess the guy got tired of shoveling the stairs and thought his neighbor ought to do his side. So here's what he did. Throw that picture up on the screen. Look at the left-hand side. The guy just shoveled his half of the stairs. <laughs> now, come on. Really? I mean, really? But, but we do that. And, and, and I know there, no one in this room gets petty, but, but you know people. So, you know, help them. Help them with that. Tell them, don't stop doing it. Don't, don't do that. Here's another one. We, we forfeit our peace whenever we engage in arguments. Whenever we engage in arguments. I know, I know this is hard. Come on, it's just us. Again, how many of you would say, but Pastor Steve, I was born to argue. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, there are some of us. That's, that's how we're wired. We, 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 we make up things to argue about, you know? We, we, just, we love that. But it's, it's a forfeiture of the peace that God wants to give us. And, and, it's, and it's just so crazy. I, I, I saw this. This was funny. Reddit had a, had a post on, you know, what, what's some of the stupidest stuff you've argued about. I love this. One guy said, I fought with my brother. Listen to this. I got in a fight with my brother about which fruit would win if they could fight. Somebody say, that's stupid. <laughs> I got, we got in a fight over which fruit would win if fruit could fight. Well, obviously, it would be the squash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the incredible squash. There we go. Here's another. Here's another. Right, this, this, this gets too close to home with stuff. He said, one guy says, my wife and I got into a shouting match, listen to this, as to which friend's wedding we would attend if... They scheduled them on the same weekend, even though right now neither of them were engaged. Now, are you getting this? They got in an argument, a shouting match about she's got a friend, he's got a friend. If they both got married the same weekend, which wedding, even though neither one of them is even engaged, we're arguing about things that aren't even in existence. There goes our peace. I love this. This one some of you relate to. He said, my wife and I got into a screaming match because our broccoli wasn't growing as well as we thought it should, and clearly it was the other person's fault. Ooh. You did it. No, you did it. If you'd have done this, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm, some of you, I know this. this. This was my favorite. I thought this was so crazy. He said, my college roommate and I didn't speak to each other for three weeks because of an argument regarding toilet paper roll placement. Should it go over or should it go under? How many of you have argued over this? Come on, confess. I know you have. I've heard it. Yeah. And now this, this was what was crazy. This is how this thing escalated. He said it started out as just a discussion. Then it became an argument. Finally, in the middle of this argument, my roommate called my sister a name and he said, I ended up, we ended up getting in a fight and I broke his wrist. Over what? Toilet paper. Look at me. I love you. You'll never have peace if you argue like that. Now, this is, this is going to be, oh, I got to throw this. This is my, one of my favorite Mark Twain quotes. Throw that up on the screen. Never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. <laughs> Keep that in mind this week when you get baited into an argument. Now, I'm not going to argue with stupid people, and you're one of them. Yeah. Number three, the third part of that, we, we, we forfeit our peace 
When we make other people's problems our own, we forfeit our peace when we make other people's problems our own. Now, I want you to get this. It's a godly thing to care for people. It's a godly thing to have compassion for people. But for some of us, it's not enough to care or have compassion. We think we have to fix them. Now, I want to help you. You can't fix anybody. Ooh, no amens. Let me say that again. You can't fix anybody. All you can do is invite people to the process of change. Now, you you need to grab hold of this. Whenever we make other people's problems ours, now, whenever we move from compassion to control, I'm gonna control them. Whenever we move to that mode, what we are doing is we are trying to become their God. Now, read the Gospels for yourself. Jesus didn't run anybody down and tackle them and force them into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus didn't force anybody to change. He invited them to a different way of live and told them he would be with them, but they had to take a step on their own. Look at me, hear my heart from a classic codependent. Whenever you're working harder at someone's change than they are, you're forfeiting your peace. Amen? Amen. I'll probably get emailed about that. (laughs) Let me give you one last one. Give all your worries and cares to God and keep giving them to him. Give all your cares and worries to God and keep giving them to him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your cares and worries to the Lord because he cares about you. Now, that would be wonderful if we left them there, but we don't. Same thing with Jesus, and Jesus said in Matthew 8, 28, read it with me. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And I know some of you this morning go, man, I need some rest. How do you do that? Bring all your cares and worries to Jesus, but you have to Leave them there. I, I thought of this and I wrote this down. I thought this may be the most clever thing I've said in years. Most, many Christians suffer from back problems. They give their worries to God and then they take them back. <laughs> Come on, how many of you have done that? Now, here, here's what I, I, want, I want to help you. This is, this, this is really good. Because what you need to understand is our thought, again, our, our thinking in our theology is if I just pray one time about something and say, God, I need you to take this problem, then then we think we can walk away and that it's never gonna come up again. That's not the way it works. Here's how God works with us. Do you remember when the, um, the Israelites were in the wilderness after they left Egypt and they were getting hungry and God provided this uh, bread stuff for them? Anybody remember what that was called? Manna. Anybody know what that word means? What is it? Yeah, what is it? It was like they saw this. What is it? Let's call it that. It's manna, yeah. But they made bread. And did God, when God gave them manna, did he give them enough for a year all at once? No. Did he give them enough for a month? No. How about a week? No. 
He gave them the manna. They would gather it. How long was that manna good? One day, except on the Sabbath where he let them gather two days worth. Okay, one, one day at a time. But now fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus is teaching us to pray. And he says, give us this day our, you know the verse, our daily bread. He didn't say, God, give us enough bread to last a lifetime. Give us enough what we need to take, get us through the month. Or even get, He said, give us this day, say it again, our daily bread. And the correlation is this. We come daily to God for the provision that he gives us. And same with when we talk about our worries or our cares or our concerns. We give them to God. Get this. But the, the deal is we have to keep giving them to God. Because you can give it to God today. Tomorrow, most likely, that problem is still going to be there. You're going to have to give it to him. Again, this is so great. This passage that Jesus, where he says, come unto me, all you who are heavy. That word come is in the present tense. It means this. Come and keep on coming. Come and keep on coming. Come and keep on coming. What am I saying? I'm saying today, whatever worry, whatever concern, whatever's heavy on your heart, give it to God. Let his spirit meet you here. Give that over to him. But here's the deal. Tomorrow, when you get up and that comes right back to your mind, what do you need to do? It's not rocket science. You give it to him again. He gives you the strength and the manna that you need as you give him your daily needs. Does that make sense to you? Look at me. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Pastor Steve, you expect me to pray every day? Yes. This is exactly how God designed it to be. You see, God designed that we would lean upon him each day, one day at a time. I promise you, you learn the art of giving God your, your concerns and your worries daily. You will find peace in your heart. Today, I want to invite you to a time to receive the peace that God's offering you. I don't know what you're dealing with, don't know what you're going through. But God is. Jesus came to be our Prince of Peace. Look at me. If, you're, if you've been holding God as arm's distance, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your day. Stop fighting him. Let him all the way in. If you've been wrestling with God, if, you, if God's been nudging you about some things where you're trying to seize control, stop wrestling with God. Yield it over to him. Make a commitment today. Maybe you haven't opened your Bible in a long, long time and make the commitment today that you're going to begin to saturate your mind and heart with God's word so those promises can be a part of your soul. These people in your life, look at me, who are making you crazy, they're not making you crazy. You're choosing the craziness by not letting them go. Give them over to God. Let God be God and you just be his child. Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we are so thankful today that you are our Prince of Peace. Lord, you came in this world not, not so much to change the world around us, but to change the world within us.
when our hearts are right with you, when we stand on the promises of your word, when we give these people in our lives over to you and stop trying to be their God, when we daily yield our problems and worries before you, you fill the sails of our life with your peace. Lord, today, I, I know that there are many watching online, people who are here. They have all kinds of chaos going on. And Lord, they're reaching out to you today. I pray, Lord, that you would meet them there at their point of need. Today, that you would do an incredible healing and restorative work. God, where there has been all this unsettledness, I pray today that you would touch them with your hand and bring the holy peace that only you can bring. We love you so much, God. Help us to live in that peace each and every day. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen.